It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Miami Dolphins 2023 Spotlight Series continues with Syracuse offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron. Who he is, how he would fit the Dolphins, and where they might be able to land him to add him to the roster for 2023 and beyond. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? It is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, and it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. It is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Surprise! We got another show today. Uh, We are double dipping here on a Tuesday because we are pedal to the metal ahead of the 2023 NFL Draft to get you ready for all of the prospects that are viable candidates for the Dolphins to draft with their two selections on day two of the 2023 NFL Draft. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first and second listen of the day here on this April 4th uh, episode of the show. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, decade-long Draftnik, uh, former director of scouting and co-founder of Draft Network, uh, now currently host of Locked On Dolphins and host of the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes, myself and Joe Marino talking about NFL team building. And boy, oh boy, was this a breath. A double-edged sword, I think is probably the best way to put it, because I have watched Syracuse offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron, the subject of today's discussion. And this is a fascinating player for the Dolphins. Had a chance to see him up and close and in person at the 2023 Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. One of the big winners of that week. Now I had a chance to dive deep into the tape. Notre Dame, Clemson, a couple other games. And get a look at him against some really quality competition. But also, uh, the reason why it's a double-edged sword is because this Syracuse offense was to me, what the Iowa offense was to me when watching San Laporta. Rough. (laughs) I had a chance to to kind of advance scout a little bit for Sean Tucker, the running back out of Syracuse, Uh, and we'll we'll give him his own day in the sun here on one of these 2023 Miami Dolphins prospect spotlights as well. But now is the time to talk about Matthew Bergeron. So let's start with who he is before we transition to how he would fit the Dolphins roster and then finish with where they'd need to draft this player. So Matthew Bergeron has an incomplete athletic profile. He did not run a 40-yard dash, and that's okay. Uh, We have some size measurements for him. Between his pro day and the NFL combine, we have his lower body explosive numbers with his jumps and his shuttle scores, which are his agility scores. And then we obviously have biographical information and the film, which is the most important part of any player evaluation. So... Let's start with who Matthew Bergeron is based off the information that we received through his pre-draft process. Matthew Bergeron checked in in Indianapolis at 6047, so six foot four and seven eighths, just short of six foot five. He was 318 pounds, had 33 and three quarters inch arms, 
had nine and a half inch hands and jumped 30 and a half inches in the vertical jump and 103 inches in the standing broad jump. I'm not a math guy, but I can tell you that that is eight foot seven inches. At his pro day, he also checked in at 605, right around six foot five, still at 318 pounds. The wingspan, the arm length, all that stayed the same. His pro day was on March 20th, a couple weeks ago, and he added a 7.38 second three-cone drill and a 4.66 second short shuttle. What do these numbers mean? I'm glad that you asked. Before we talk about who he is on the field, what his strengths are in his playing experience, uh, his weight at 318 is 66th percentile. Uh, he is on the shorter side for tackles, 17th percentile for offensive tackles to pass through the combine since 2020. But that arm length is over your 30, it's nearly 34s. Uh, that, that certainly passes the threshold for playing offensive tackle in the NFL. Generally perceived some teams have a cutoff of 33 inches, other teams have a cutoff of 32 inches. He will be fine. 78th percentile in the vertical jump. 52nd percentile in a standing broad jump. So he's above average in both athletic tests from lower body explosiveness at 318 pounds. From an agility standpoint, that's 738 in the, in the three-cone drill. That's good for a 90th percentile test amongst offensive tackles. Now, that did not take place at the NFL Combine. It took place at his pro day. But nevertheless, it's a data point. That's a highly impressive score. And then his 4.66 second short shuttle is good for 66th percentile. So this is an above-average athlete at an above-average weight that has below-average physical stature from a height perspective, which gives him, in some ways, a unique advantage for the fact that he has leverage and can play with leverage and get under the pads of, of defensive linemen, which we'll talk about how he does that and how well he achieves that here in just a few minutes. Bergeron is originally from... Uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, he was the number two recruit from Canada when he came out of high school. Uh, he was born on February 26th, 2000. So he's 23 years old. He'll be 23 throughout the entirety of his rookie season. And he has been a starter since 2019. 2019, he played in all 12 games. He started five uh, at right tackle. <clears throat> right tackle. 2020 started all 11 games, started the first three games of the year at <clears throat> right tackle, then flipped to left tackle for the last eight games of the season, started all 12 games in 2021 at left tackle, and then started every game this past year as well, with the exception of the bowl game, which he elected to opt out of to get ready for his pre-draft process at left tackle. So he's got about one season's worth of starts at right tackle, and he's got two seasons worth of starts at left tackle. Two and a half seasons worth of starts at left tackle. 39 starts in total, all at offensive tackle. But he got work in Mobile at guard. And there's some who feel like his ceiling as a player might be best suited to play guard at the NFL level. I can tell you, uh, Lance Zerline, who I have a ton of respect for, um, have met Lance a number of times. I think he's incredibly smart. He's the son of an NFL offensive line coach. Uh, his comparison for Matthew Bergeron was Joel Batonio. I saw when I watched him play on tape, Matthew Bergeron, and he doesn't quite 
meet the athletic thresholds of being this player, but I saw some parallels to Rayshon Slater at Northwestern. Now, Bergeron is bigger, and he's not as dynamic as Rayshon Slater, but it's the same frame, squatty frame, super dense build, super light on his feet, very fluid, always under control. I'm watching Matthew Bergeron against Notre Dame work off of what is attempted to be a double team before climbing to a stack linebacker. And his guard puts the defensive tackle in the ground. And Bergeron, in real time, jumps over the body on the A-level of the line of scrimmage and simultaneously, as his feet hits the ground, gets attached to and secures the second-level block. Some really tremendous functional athleticism illustrated by Matthew Bergeron, and I think that's the number one thing that pops to me when I watch Matthew Bergeron. We're going to talk a little bit more about who this player can be for the Dolphins after. Mind you guys about Built March Madness. The March Madness bracket with Built Bar is here. Everybody has a favorite bar or puff. We are in the finals, which means we are closing down on declaring our champion for the Built March Madness bracket. Every time that you vote, you can vote daily, so like now's the time, you get entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners receive a free box of Built Bars and one lucky Locked On listener out of that drawing will be given a 12-month subscription to all of Built's best bars monthly sent directly to your front door. You have to try Built. Built is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the life hack you didn't know you needed. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They're absolutely positively delicious. So visit BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Bergeron. There's there's a some good news and some bad news. We're going to start with the good news <laughs> um, in the player evaluation for Matthew Bergeron. This player is a phenomenal fit. This player from a movement skills, from a football intelligence, from a center of gravity and functional balance perspective, you want to play him at left guard? Great. You want to play him at right tackle? Great. You, Teron Armstead goes down and you need to play him at left tackle? Great. I have the utmost confidence in Matthew Bergeron's ability to fill any of those spots. And I perceive Matthew Bergeron to be a, I don't call him just a high floor player. Because I think he, he can be 
even better at guard than what he is at tackle. But I do think he's a player who you should be drafting and have a pretty standard expectation of what it is you're going to get. This is a player who, whether you are asking him to combo block and climb, horizontal displacement in the run game, pass protect, pull, squeeze horizontally and slide protect, he can do it. And he can do so, he does so with a super consistent base of support. It's the number one thing for me that is impressive for Matthew Bergeron is watching his base relative to some of the other high-hipped tackles that we have explored, most notably Blake Freeland. The contrast between the two is stunning, right? And there's about a two and a half inch, inch difference in height between the two. And Matthew Bergeron is technically a better athlete when you look at the athletic testing. But when I watch them play, Bergeron plays with control all the time. He's smooth. He never crosses his feet over. He never stops his feet dead. He's constantly playing in that sitting down on my hips. My chest is up. My knees are out. My feet are wide. And then it's just a matter of methodical feet to slide and mirror if I'm in pass protection. And if I'm involved in the run game, the fact that he, he's got sneaky leverage, he's got really good pop in his hands, he's got active willingness to drive his feet and push and reset the line of scrimmage, I could project Matthew Bergeron into a gap scheme or I can project him into his own scheme and I have the utmost confidence in his ability to do so. I think for the Dolphins, implementing him as a, a competition piece I would take him right now over both Austin and Liam. So now the question is, what spot is he best served and what spot is your best alternative out of the other two players to play the other spot? I know we're all going to point to right tackle and say, well, that's Tua's blind side. That has to be what gets addressed. But I'd be willing to live in a world in which Matthew Bergeron is your left guard and you feel really good about everything that you have from Teron Armstead over and then you take the winner of the battle of the other two or a veteran player that you sign post you won and put that player in as a starting right tackle. And if Bergeron's going to be the guard, ideally you get a vet and, and sign the vet. I just could not get over how smooth he is as a player. And it's not like he is... Um, I thought Liam Eikenberg at Notre Dame was a fairly smooth player unless he was tested with vertical speed uh, as far as pass protection standpoint goes as a tackle, left tackle for the Irish. Um, but since he's came to the NFL, you see a lot of overextending, a lot of lack of patience on your base that feels like it's because things are happening quickly for him. I never once watched Bergeron and said, wow, he, he was really overstressed by the speed of that transpiring play. Now, there is some concern with his anchor uh, against Clemson. Miles Murphy on one incidence really built up a speed-to-power conversion 
and walked him backwards. I do think that's an area that's not a huge strength. And that's the concern about playing him at tackle, in my mind, is there's a greater space. I know there's bigger bodies on the inside, but there's a greater space and more explosive athletes on the edge in which you're asking him to play in space and, and isolated where a more dynamic player might be able to convert speed to power and run through his frame as compared to when you're inside, there's less distance, there's less area to create momentum. And in that space, I think he'd be a little less stressed. Uh, his base of support can, can maintain itself and be consistent. And he can really quickly get up on his blocks and short set defensive tackles. And because of his stature, I think he has enough to naturally leverage and get underneath of those bigger framed guys that would otherwise test him with their ability to charge up the field uh, and overpower you. Because at 318 pounds, he's got the requisite amount of mass to be able to play with strength on the inside. I thought he did a really nice job on zone concepts with cutoff blocks. Um, he is a relentless player. I'll, I'll give him that too. There, there's certainly an appetite for winning the point of attack and escorting guys out of the frame. The Notre Dame game was a good showcase. It spotlighted him against Isaiah Foskey. I thought he showcased a really good ability to get his hands on, uh, really deliberate with his hands. Now, his hand accuracy is not always the best, uh, but he does look to pin and leverage you and force you to commit to half of his frame, and then he'll use his, his free hand to clamp you and make sure you can't work back across his frame. If you're going to push the up, up the outside shoulder, He's going to trap you with that inside hand and really close the door shut where you really only, you, you have to finish the way you've committed to go or you have to then press off of him and work your way through his frame to collapse him back straight to the quarterback. And top shelf guys are probably going to be able to do that to him to some degree. So I don't think this is a universal player. This isn't a freak of athlete type player that, that is just absolutely too good to be true. And that's what I think made Rayshon Slater so special. I know I invoked that name earlier. And I, I, I want to make sure I'm clear. I don't think this is Rayshon Slater. But the similarities in play style for me and the way that they move and the way that they are built and the control that they have has echoes of Rayshon Slater as what is uh, 65... 65th percentile athlete or 70th percentile athlete as compared to Rayshon Slater being, well, let me, I don't want to do him the disservice here. So yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Slater, 94th percentile, 84th percentile, 97th percentile, 93rd percentile, 91st percentile, 85th percentile, 94th percentile, uh, 91st percentile. You, you get the point. That's like a 95th percentile athlete. He's not that. And that's why he's probably in the conversation to be available around pick 50 when the Dolphins are on the clock. So all of that's the good news. I look at the tackles that we have evaluated to this point in time, and I have done eight of them now. I did the two Ohio State kids, and I guess I'm going to have to do Dewan Jones because Todd McShay just mocked Dewan Jones to the Dolphins at 51. So I guess we're going to have to do a Dewan Jones, so just because McShay's put that, uh, put that into my existence. I did the two Ohio State kids, Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones. I did Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky, Georgia's Broderick Jones, 
Oklahoma's Anton Harrison, Tennessee's Darnell Wright, BYU's Blake Freeland, and now Syracuse's Matthew Bergeron. How's he stack up against those guys? It's a great question. We're going to talk about that next here on the show. That is where we are finishing our spotlight of Matthew Bergeron, where the Dolphins would need to draft him if they wanted to add him to the roster for 2023 and beyond. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Before I dive into uh, where Bergeron goes, consider this your formal invitation to join the party on subtext. Uh, We have opened up a subtext community This week, which is an opportunity for you to text and talk Dolphins football directly with me. I have some resources that are set up once you are signed up. You can text Dolphins at 305-419-3924 to sign up for the subtext community. Get a chance to talk directly with me, answer your questions. Uh, We can talk about breaking news together. We had a bunch of people that asked a bunch of questions via text uh, about the Durham Smythe contract that came through yesterday, the contract extension. Uh, We've talked some about the prospects um, that I've been watching, give you guys a sneak peek, have a couple resources that are available to you guys. So once you guys are signed up, you can text in CAP and get my multi-year salary cap table that I've been using uh, for the Dolphins offseason blueprint. Or you could text DRAFT and see all the grades that I've given all the players that I'm evaluating for the Dolphins, including the ones that we aren't actively discussing for here on the show. So Uh, It's a lot of fun. You get a two-week free trial. See if it's for you. If it's not, hey, no worries. And if it is, you know, we're going to talk a lot of Dolphins football together. So that is text Dolphins to 305-419-3924 to sign up for subtext. Let's talk some ball. Bergeron um, versus those tackles. I just named the, the eight tackles I've done thus far. I have him as my third tackle specifically for the Dolphins. That's the bad news, right? The the good news is I fell in love with watching this dude's tape. I think he is an upgrade, and the same concern that I had with Blake Freeland is I don't know that he's an upgrade in 2023 for the team. Bergeron is definitively, in my mind, an upgrade for the Dolphins. That's the good news. And he could play either spot. That's great news. The bad news is, coming out of the film study, I am nowhere near as confident this dude's actually going to be the board pick 50, let alone pick 51. You're going to have to hope that the lack of elite athleticism is enough uh, to create some lukewarm temperature for Matthew Bergeron. Now, case in point, 
I will say this. Um, Liam Eikenberg's an interesting case study because Liam Eikenberg, you know, was not a booming size player. He wasn't quite as big as, as what Matthew Bergeron. He came in the, through the combine at 306, but he was a anywhere from a 30th to 80th percentile athlete in number of tests, good athletic testing. Uh, but he was below average in size, and his arm length was short, 5th percentile for arm length, 24th percentile for weight, and he fell to the second round. Our NFL team's going to say, well, you know, he's about 50th percentile for arm length. He's below average height. We think he might be a guard. Is all of that enough to add up and see this guy get outside the top 40 picks? As I graded him, he graded out higher than Peter Skronsky and, Byron, uh, and Broderick Jones, who are two tackles for me, uh, specifically for the Dolphin system. I think that's important. Those two tackles are probably going to go in the top 20, top 25. Skronsky and Bergeron, I actually think, have a number of very similar qualities. And Bergeron edged him out by a half a point for OT3 in this, this process. Case in point, Bergeron had better lateral mobility. I thought he was more dynamic laterally than Skaronsky. Uh, I thought Skaronsky had fire, higher football IQ. I thought Bergeron had better movement at the point of attack. And I thought Bergeron was marginally better blocking in space. I thought Skaronsky anchored a little better, so there's some give and some take there. Uh, but it's really interesting that one of these players is discussed as, as a top 20, top 25 player, and the other one is, yeah, he's probably there 51. I'm not so sure. Uh, I would I would be more confident if you had to ask me who gets drafted first. I'd say Bergeron draft it gets drafted before Anton Harrison, who we did the evaluation on, and and he came in about four and a half points short of what Bergeron graded as on a hundred point scale. For a reference for tight end, it's the difference of where I graded Sam Laporta versus where I graded Tucker Craft, and there were three tight ends that fit in between in the gap between those two grades. So Bergeron, I substantially like better than the guys we've talked about at tackle and then the deep dives in. All three of them, Harrison, Wright, and Freeland. I like Bergeron substantially more than all of them. I think he's a significant scheme fit. The question is, where does he stack versus these other guys? And you're, you're hoping the fact that he's penciled by some as a guard. You're hoping the fact that he has some middle-tier athletic testing from a, a traits perspective through the, the pre-draft process is enough to get him into your stratosphere. This is probably my top option at tackle in the same way that Darnell Washington was my top tight end option. You know you have to trade up for this guy. I don't think there's a very likely chance that you wait till 51 and you see him in your lap. So when I get to the end of the tackles and I put everybody in their buckets, I'm going to say unlikely to be at 51, advocate for a trade-up, Matthew Bergeron. Because I know enough about the other tackles that we're considering doing between Jalen Duncan and Anthony Steen and uh, Jordan McFadden, who are three guys we'll, we'll finish with, Duncan from Maryland, Steen from Alabama, and McFadden from Clemson. They ain't going to rank in the stratosphere. So as far as I'm concerned, this is the guy at tackle. 
And that's not breaking news, right? Like Bergeron's been a really popular mock guy for the Dolphins for quite some time, a couple months now. But I wish, after watching the tape, I could sit here and say, this is going to be the guy at 51. Just write it in and we'll, we'll rock with it. I don't know he's going to make it to 51. I'd rather have him over a number of the offensive linemen that are projected consistently in the first round in the top 25 picks. Now, not every one of those teams is going to have the criteria that the Dolphins have, and I get that. But even if you put it in a vacuum, if I, if I were back as draft analyst Kyle and not Dolphins draft analyst Kyle, I would have the two Ohio State kids over Bergeron, and I would probably have Broderick Jones, who's going to be more of a gap and a true tackle. Uh, I'd have Broderick Jones over Bergeron. Bergeron in a vacuum, not grading for scheme specificity, would probably be my OT4. And for the Dolphins specifically, is my OT3, including the guys that are going to be long gone by the time the Dolphins pay. So it's a mixed bag of news, right? You, you have an outstanding scheme fit, but he's positional versatile. Do more teams think he's a guard than a tackle? If he is, he's going to be in your strike zone. If they don't, we might be drafting tight end at 51 or another position after all. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hit subscribe, follow along. We have an endless slew of these showcases coming over the course of the next three weeks or so before the NFL draft, so plan accordingly. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up, making a great rest of your day. Talk with you all again tomorrow. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.